This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. Are you planning to travel or have already done so? Have you noticed that prices have crept up and your options are more limited? Well, that might be changing over the next few months as a new airline has started flying. In the studio this morning is my airline, which had its inaugural flight in December. Their CEO, Rainer Teo, is here to tell us what their plans are in this challenging and competitive environment. Welcome, Rainer. I just have one question to start with. Isn't this the wrong time to start an airline? Uh, in terms of timing, uh, when we first came up with the idea to basically form a, an, another new airline for Malaysia, I was during the height of COVID, mm. multiple lockdowns that uh, all of us were going through at that time. Yeah, so you're either incredibly brave or some might even think incredibly crazy, yeah, dare I, I say. Uh, I believe it's a combination of both, but it's all about timing. Uh, we believe that that was the right time to come in into, into, into this space mm. and uh, because of the fact that uh, fundamentally that the main uh, reason why we felt that it was a good time was the fact that almost all planes were sitting on ground, right? So that was basically a very big opportunity. With planes being on ground meant that a lot of talent were also sitting idle. And when uh, you have the combination of both, uh, it meant that a lot of uh, ancillary businesses surrounding the aviation market were also uh, sort of like in a space where there were no new, new, new businesses happening. So all this, right, only comes up with one simple conclusion, uh, which is that uh, we will be very effective in terms of costs. But when we're looking at some of the headwinds that you face, right, we do know that uh, airline aviation business is very US dollar uh, based. So US dollar expenses still account for, I think, 60 to 70% of an airline's expenses. Jet fuel is between 30 to 50% of those expenses. And both aren't in my airline's favour at the moment. I mean, jet fuel is still 124 US dollars a barrel. And I checked that that was last week's figure. So, okay, you might be able to get your leases at cheaper rates and that's going to be a huge part of your fixed cost. But what about all these other factors against you? Okay, the good thing about uh, both currency and also fuel, which is a huge component uh, now, is that uh, everyone who is in this space uh, goes through the, 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 the same thing, right? So nobody has an advantage nor a disadvantage. But some would say they have an advantage because they have size, right? They have scale. They have maybe strong financial backing from a government, for example. I would think the reverse. Uh, size means you consume more. When you consume more means uh, you will incur more. Right? So when you're at the right size like us, when we are starting up, uh, it's, it definitely benefits us uh, looking at this project and coming up with it. Uh, everything was on, on the reverse. Mm. The currency was about three, three plus, right? And uh, fuel itself was way below uh, 100. Uh, we definitely are factoring all that in, in terms of how we go forward. And we have to be more prudent, just like everybody else. You started on the 1st of December, three destinations initially, right? So how has the response been? I mean, what's the load factor today? Uh, it was a rush uh, launch. And you had some technical difficulties which you had to apologise for, right? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, unforeseen technical difficulties uh, throughout one of our vendors. A very important vendor, actually. Uh, so we had only a five-day window to sell. Open for sales was on the 26th of November. Uh, and uh, first operational fight was on the 1st of December. Mm. A very short window. 
normally airlines would not have that kind of situations uh, because you at least want to have at least uh, one to two month window uh, between sales and uh, operations, right? But being a startup, uh, no choice, right, uh, for, for us. Uh, and I'm very happy to note that first month of operations, we hit uh, 96% load factor. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, I'm going to come back as to what's driving this load factor. But let's talk about these leases because you mentioned that at the beginning of the conversation. So you currently, correct me if I'm wrong, you have four Airbus A320, right, which are on lease. Now, you said it's cheaper, but how much cheaper? Because I gather from the industry, the average monthly lease late last year for these A320s was around 150000 a month. Is that your rate? Are you doing better than that? I'm not able to share exactly uh, the lease rates that we are paying, but we have been uh, getting uh, very competitive rates. Uh, we have COVID prices, uh, basically. How long will these COVID prices last though? Because you're, you're not going to stop at four planes, right? I do know your target eventually, what, in five years is 50 planes. And so your wonderful COVID prices that you enjoy aren't going to last for these 50 planes. Then what happens? Yeah, you, you, are, you, are, you are very right. Uh, so we do anticipate that at some point of time this year, uh, and we can already see the shift at, at this point of time as well. So we have been actively engaging with two of the large aircraft manufacturers. Well, there are only two in the world. I mean, of that <laughs> size. One one starts with A and the other one starts with B. But yes, please continue. Correct. And uh, we will be uh, seriously exploring some aircraft purchase. Oh, purchase, no longer lease. At some point of time, okay. uh, it will swing towards... Uh, but that requires uh, capital. And we do know aviation is a notoriously capital-intensive business, right? Um, daily cash burn when planes are grounded is astronomical. We just have to look at the pandemic to remind us of that. Italia went bankrupt. And even airlines like SIA and Cathay Pacific, robust, strong, financially solvent airlines required cash injections from their respective governments at the height of pandemic. So do you have the financial backing for my airlines? When we buy planes... Uh, we do not have to pay for the entire fleet yeah. at, at one go, right? Yes. So uh, we will be putting in uh, plans in terms of how do we finance these planes. So can you give for us sure. some colour on this in terms of how you're planning to do so? Uh, it's still in the uh, initial stages mm. of uh, basically coming up with these uh, plans. Okay. So at this point of time, I think it's a bit too soon to be sharing about that. But for sure, it will be at some point of time this year that we will be needing to look at uh, some form of uh, purchase. I also understand that your target is to be cash flow positive from year one. Now, how is that going to be achieved? I mean, what are the assumptions have, uh, have you made for that to happen, Rina? Okay, so, uh, you, you know, in order to get a license, mm. uh, there are a lot of formalities. And uh, there are, I think, two significant reg regulators uh, behind this. Uh, yeah. one, one is for the uh, air services license and the other one is for the air operating uh, certificate, right? So uh, in order to be able to receive your air services license, which is commercially driven, you have to have a solid business plan and at the same time uh, provide your funding plans that's aligned towards what you want to do commercially right, and, and operationally. Okay. So the fact that we have managed to receive our air services license means that we have already demonstrated to uh, the regulator, that, uh, that, that there is sufficient funding. Okay, so let's talk about this cash flow positive first before we get into your funding. Now, you say four planes. Currently, how many routes are you, how many destinations are you flying from KLIA? The last I checked was five. It's probably changing on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Mm -hmm. 
So from what I look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not an aviation expert, but it doesn't seem like you have economies of scale. So I wonder how you're going to achieve this cash flow positive. You say you're the right size, but is this too small of a size to be the right size? You have to start from somewhere, right? Yes. So basically, uh, we are having plans in place mm. where we will scale up operations. Okay. Yeah. What's so, your target, let's say, by the end of 2023, December? How many planes? How many destinations? Is so, that by uh, then? I mean, because then you say you're going to achieve be, uh, be cash flow positive by then. Yeah. In terms of cash as well, there are mm. multiple ways of making sure that your cash flow positive, right? Yes. Uh, so we have uh, quite big ambitions. So uh, at, the, at this point of time, uh, there are already five sitting in Malaysia and uh, the sixth one will be flown in soon. And we do anticipate that we will have around a fleet size of around 20 planes before the end of this year. Now, talking about you know, your financing of this airline, now what's interesting to me is your majority shareholder, a very low-profile Datuk Go Huan Hua, owns 98% of this airline and... Rainer, you 2%, the balance, right? Um, is he ready to pump in fresh capital if you need it? Because you're going to buy airlines, you're going to move to 20, 20 planes very soon. And I looked at uh, your annual uh, accounts. At, as at end May last year, you already booked a 12 million loss. So it looks like capital is going to be required. Is he ready to pump in fresh capital? Uh, based on the fact that we've been working together on this project for mm. the past two years, I think he has demonstrated the ability to be able to pump in funds okay. and the desire to want to make sure that this works. Okay, because I did some poking around. Now, Rena, for sure, you are true and true an aviation industry veteran. You were a reservation assistant at Malaysian Airlines, right? Today, you're the CEO of an airline, but your shareholder doesn't come from the same background. Uh, in fact, Datuk Go was in the press recently for being a shareholder of iSurf Online Mall. They had 22 of their premises raided by Bank Negara. I mean, legal proceedings are ongoing. But what's his thinking behind starting an airline? What's the synergy with airlines when his other businesses, which I understand are like money lending and financing? Both of us. Uh, I think for a very long time, have the desire to want to be in, in this mix, right? Okay. In terms of aviation. And nothing beats uh, owning an airline. So I guess the desire to want to own one has been always there for, for a very long time. And uh, we can see a very good dynamic in terms of how both of us come, come into the mix. Okay, so the synergy between the two of you and your, and your skill sets and your passion. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes. It's a learning curve as well, right? But the aviation is a notoriously challenging business, right, Rena? Even in the best of times. You've got so many variables not within your control. The economy, for once, uh, aviation fuel, geopolitical tensions, a pandemic. What makes it possible that this time this airline is going to do well? Okay. Or uh, even survive, yeah, honestly? I, I, I can think of two things. The first one being the fact that, I mean, in, in terms of my career, we have been through everything. Right? Yes. And uh, nothing beats COVID. Right. COVID is like the mother of all disasters, <laughs> disasters for the aviation yes, industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once you come into the, the biggest one, uh, all you can do is just go up from there. Right. The bigger it is, then the, the faster it will grow. And uh, in terms of the trends, it, it, it will be uh, even higher. So I think we are in the, the right time where we will see a very big upswing. Okay. And we have to make sure that we leverage on that. 
And Datoko is 100% supportive of this? I would say 101%. Okay, and committed to it despite not coming from the aviation industry. Yes. I okay. think it's also very interesting for him because it is a very steep learning curve for him as well. And you know, aviation, right, is very exciting and interesting. On the Breakfast Grill this morning is the CEO of Malaysia's latest airline, My Airlines, Rainer Teo. After the break, how will this LCC differentiate itself from the competition? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat is the CEO of Malaysia's latest airline, My Airlines, Rainer Teo. Before the break... Is now the right time to start an airline and how soon can it make a profit or be cash flow positive? Rainer, let's talk about your fleet and route plans, okay? So, we earlier said 50 airlines within five years. Is that the Goldilocks moment for a low-cost carrier? Is that why you're targeting that number? Because my point about this is that we can learn from past experience and let's not mention names, but we know sometimes aggressive expansion can come at a cost and that cost can be extremely painful and expensive, especially when suddenly no planes can fly. So what's the right balance here? Okay, I think that's a very good question. Anyone that you ask will have a different answer. Mm. Right? Uh, looking at uh, how we have plotted the plan, we feel that that, that that is the right way to go. Okay. So it's not, you know, your philosophy is what? Go big or go home? I mean, is, is this what you're thinking? Like, you know, 50 airlines, five years, is that conservative? Or would you actually rather be more aggressive? This is what your funding can take? We wish to be a significant player. Mm. And we do believe that being subscale uh, will get you uh, not very far in, in, in this game as we are the latest entry into this uh, aviation landscape in Malaysia, right? Yeah, and I can see you're quite ambitious because uh, you already have, what, 500 staff at My Airlines? That's quite a... It's, um, it seems like quite a big number for someone that just started flying on the 1st of December. So how hard and expensive has it been to recruit? Because I see a lot of advertisements in the last few weeks from airlines asking for ground crew, flight crew, pilots. So you're fighting with them and you're the new, new boy in town. Mm. Initially, it was quite challenging to be able to attract talent. But at this point of time, uh, because we're already out in the market, okay, uh, it's, been, it's going pretty smoothly. Uh, obviously, there are ch- uh, challenges uh, in terms of competition from uh, overseas as well. But at this point of time, uh, we have not faced any significant issues when it comes to uh, rec- recruitment. Uh, for sure, uh, there's still a lot of uh, people in aviation, right? that are still out there and they are available uh, for and open to opportunities. But how is my airline differentiating itself from other low-cost carriers? Because you did say, and I quote you, it is our DNA to be a LCC. We are looking to be a better version of what people are used to. What's a better version? One that doesn't cancel on me or delay my flights or is impossible to contact? What is it? Because those are my wish lists. So basically, uh, in the context of LCC, we are focused in terms of uh, managing our costs. Uh, I look at costs every single day and in terms of product offering. We believe that uh, for a very long time, maybe uh, slightly more than uh, 20 years, everybody has been uh, used to a, a single method of how when they buy uh, an affair and mm. what they get in return for, for the services. So uh, from the onset itself, uh, we already made it a point 
that uh, we want to up the game in terms of product offering. Mm. So from uh, customer services itself, uh, when you need to uh, speak to anybody, uh, when you have any issues, uh, that uh, we have a team. It won't be a chat box. It'll be a real human being answering your questions. Yeah, a team of real human beings <laughs> that will be able to respond uh, accurately to what your, your needs are when, when you communicate with us. And from ground, uh, when you check in, and when you board the planes with our cabin crew, mm. uh, everything, uh, we focus a lot on, on uh, customer services to okay. make sure that the product offering in terms of uh, how we behave are all uh, top-notch. And also in terms of uh, uh, our aircrafts and our cabin, uh, everything is new. I mean, in terms of the cabin, right? mm. we have brand new seats and all that, and uh, we want to uh, basically make sure that uh, comfort uh, it's, it's a priority. You know, I went into your website. I would have to say the colour scheme and even the look and feel of it is very similar to another LCC. Well, they do say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So what is your branding journey going to be like for my airline? Yeah, so basically, uh, when you talk about uh, the name, the logo, the, color. Uh, the, the corporate colours and yes. all that, uh, that, that's a pretty long story. So I don't think we have the time to uh, basically talk about that today. But uh, we went through many iterations of uh, what our corporate color should be. And uh, through the entire process, uh, both uh, Dato and myself resonated towards uh, red. Okay. I think for me, it's because I spent a long time <laughs> in a company that was also red, right? Yeah. But how will you handle flight delays and cancellations, Dorina? You have, what, four planes that are flying. Uh, the fifth one is on the ground. And we know bad weather happens, technical issues arise. And with just these four planes, if any hiccups happen, the knock-on effect, I would imagine, can be quite severe as you have no spare capacity. So yeah. then what happens? Okay, so weather and uh, several factors uh, are beyond our control. Yeah. So I, I believe uh, in terms of our customers, they, they will understand that fact. Uh, they might understand it, but they won't appreciate it. For sure. Yeah. For us, uh, OTP, on-time performance, uh, is is uh, one of the areas that, that we focus on. And uh, we will ensure that we, we have some spare capacity at, at all times to make sure that we will pick up any slack. Okay, how, right. do you, how do you manage to do that when you only have five planes currently though? Yeah, based on the network that we have mm. uh, and with the number of planes that we have, uh, we have half a plane. On, on standby at any point of time. Okay, so there is some technical dispatch reliability then. Yes. That's the, the other technical term, Because right? you have two big waves, like one in uh, early morning and okay. the other one in the afternoon. So uh, normally in the morning, uh, everything should be, should be good uh, because that's when you start operations, right? Mm. As uh, you go along uh, your rotations for, for the planes, is the second part that may be compromised, the, the snowball effect. So we make sure that that is protected. Okay, and then how do you intend to compete with the other LCCs, be it Batik Air or Air Asia? How do you intend to get market share? Okay, uh, we don't really look like intensely in, in, at that competition. Okay. We do monitor what's happening around us, but uh, we believe that we should focus on ourselves. So not on and, pricing. And, and do what we need to do, okay. right? Uh, you will have to react in terms of pricing, Mm. But I guess, you know, like how things have been going for the past many years, right? 
There was a price war. It was the race to the bottom in yeah. pre-COVID-19, right? It didn't do well for all of the, the people that were, were in, in the business at, the, at that point of time, right? Mm. You could see based on uh, the, the results. Yeah, there were no Malaysian airlines that made a profit in 2019. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's because of the fact that uh, competition was very intense, right? So you're going to be price disciplined? We will do our best to be disciplined in price. And uh, that's where you come hand, hand in hand. Uh, with uh, the product offering. But, you know, I did a bit of a checking because that's what I do, right? And I went into the websites of uh, My Airlines, Air Asia, and Batik Air. And I just chose a simple flight, which is to fly from KLIA to Langkawi for one person on the same dates, which is the 23rd to the 26th of February, roughly around the same time. Your airline was the cheapest at 338 ringgit. I didn't add any auxiliary options. Followed by Bate at 594 ringgit and Air Asia at 650. So if I look at this, I would assume your strategy is to compete on price. Is that isn't that the case then? Uh, it's a, a combination of uh, multiple factors when 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 you look at price. Mm. Uh, the other carriers may have already built up their load. Right, uh, which reflects in, in the price that they are offering. So we, we are a new entry. So uh, we would have a way to go in terms of uh, building up the loads first. So that could be one reason why you see a, a disparity in price. So it's not a, a strategic decision taken that, okay, we, you know, we'll com- I'm sure everybody compares you know, f- uh, fares daily. It's not a strategic decision to always be the cheaper of the three options? It'll be a combination. Uh, it depends on uh, the, the situation and okay. the, 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 the period of time when you, you, you sell and, and, and you operate, basically. Another question I have is that, would you think that the biggest challenge in this post-COVID era is actually to really convince people to fly as frequently as they used to? I mean, we are all hearing news of an impending slowdown. Um, basically, people are feeling inflation, cost of living is rising. So... Travelling is discretionary. How do you convince them that, hey, you can afford it, do it? Yeah, you know, I, I believe it's a mix of discretionary and also the need to, to uh, travel. Yeah, sometimes for work, that's, yeah, that's true. Correct. And uh, technically, uh, people have been locked down for, for a long period of time. Mm. And we can actually see uh, that, uh, I think some of the marketing people like to call it revenge travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or so, cabin uh, fever, you just need to get out. <laughs> correct. So we do see that. And uh, we do see that there will be heavy activity in terms of uh, wanting to travel. So your outlook is still positive? It is very positive from the way I see it. And uh, it's all about uh, how do you induce them to uh, want to uh, fly, fly with you, right? Okay. So are you going to induce them by pricing then? A, a combination of factors, pricing okay. and product offering. On that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Rainer Teo, CEO of My Airlines. I'm Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.